What are medical schools looking for? Do I need a research experience? What is the interview process like? Will gap years increase my chances? If you ever had one of these questions, you're in the right place. Premed on Call is a podcast created by premeds to premeds. Every episode, we will have a special guest talking about your journey and giving pieces of advice to premed students. Now, let's begin. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of Premed on Call. My name is João. My name is Lucas. And today we, we are here with a very special guest, Nicole. She's a fourth year med student at Thomas Jefferson University. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you guys for having me here. Um, like you said, my name is Nicole. I am from Brazil. Uh, I was born and raised in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil. Um, I went to undergrad at the University of Miami, and I'm currently a fourth year medical student at uh, TJU. Um, it's like I said, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's nice. It's, it's our pleasure for you to be here. It's uh, we're gonna have a very, very special conversation today, and I believe we all gonna learn a lot from Nicole today because she has a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge in that area. So it's gonna be a great conversation, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, she has a a different back background from like most of um, medical school students. Um, she's an international student. She came all the way from Brazil. She, I believe, she did her um, college here. She moved when she was doing her college, right? And then she went to um, medical school here. So, Nicole, can you tell us a little bit more about like when you decided to move to the U.S. Why you decided? How how did that that happen? Yeah, sure. So, um, in Brazil, I studied the military school, which you guys probably know a lot about. Mm -hmm. um, and then I didn't have a great time over there, so I decided to change schools, and I decided to try the American school of Brasilia. Um, I was there from my freshman year up to my junior year, and in my junior year, my father asked me if I wanted to maybe try studying abroad in the United States, or if I wanted to move back to a Brazilian school so I could do college in Brazil. Um, I saw the opportunity and I was like, sure, I'll try the American school. Why not? <laughs> so then, um, like I said, I was, I, I came to Florida for high school. I was in a college prep school called Shamina Madonna in Hollywood, Florida. And I was there from the beginning of my junior year until halfway through my senior year. And then during my senior year of high school, I went back to Brazil and I actually graduated from the American school because I wanted a, an American and a Brazilian diploma. Okay. Wow. Um, at that time, you know, when I came back to Brazil, I applied early decision to the University of Miami and I only applied there because since I had a family home in Florida, I kind of wanted to stay in the area. So yeah, I applied early decision. I got in and I studied biochemistry and nutrition at the University of Miami with like a special focus on psychiatry, Spanish, and medical humanities. Um, and I knew I wanted to go into medical school from like high school. I had an idea. And so during, you know, my undergraduate years, I did a lot of shadowing and other extracurricular activities that I thought would help me, um, you know, gain acceptance to medical school as well mm -hmm. as, um, you know, do what I wanted to do. I did, we can talk about this uh, <laughs> later, but I did a lot of um, 
interesting and different um, activities during medical school, during undergrad. And then, and now I'm here in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, I guess you asked me why I came. Mm-hmm. And part of it was the opportunity of coming. You know, when my father asked me, I was like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, as I got older, I saw that I had so many more opportunities in the United States to be involved with research, to be, you know, to get a more robust, if you will, um, medical education. And I just couldn't pass the opportunity. I, you know, I saw everything that I could accomplish here um, and how different it is in Brazil. Still, you know, yeah. both in both countries, you can get a great education. But I think that the opportunities over here kind of um, were very attractive to me. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, I feel like that's um, that's how we all came to the U.S. You know, like uh, we came here young and we just saw the opportunities and I love Brazil. I mean, I think we all love Brazil, mm-hmm. but um, in like education wise and, you know, for opportunities, I like here a lot better than Brazil. And yeah, that's that's a very good reason to come here. You know? Yeah, I believe like there's more um, like I would say investment in education here. For sure. Like a lot of more opportunities in general, like most of the stuff we do in college here, like we wouldn't be able to do in Brazil, mm-hmm. especially like research. I yeah. believe like U.S. in general, like gives students a lot of opportunity to do research. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. And education in general, like all the organizations we have like at school, opportunities to be peer leading, peer leaders, like do all that. Like I know like in Brazil, there is some of that, but it's not the same, you know. Yeah. I I, I really li- enjoy that opportunity that we get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like during my first year in undergrad, I worked on a research project that I actually, you know, carried through throughout my undergrad um, using CRISPR-Cas9 on zebrafish to like genetically modify the fish and see, you know, the outcomes that we would get with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's such like a niche thing. And like CRISPR-Cas9 at the time was like the new, like big thing. Mm-hmm. And I got to work with it. It was just like, I felt like I was in a dream, you know, having access to the facilities and, and the resources to do those things. Um, not saying that it doesn't happen in, in Brazil and in other countries, but it's definitely way more available in the United States, sure. especially on big academic centers like, you know, the University of Miami. And yeah. here at SKMC, we also have a lot of big research going on. So, yeah, that is definitely like one of the biggest reasons why I came. <laughs> yeah. Would you say, like, one of the big things for you then was research? Like, one of the, I don't know, like, reasons why you decided to go to UM and, I don't know, like, during your pre-med, did you have, like, a big focus on research? So, I think the opportunity of being in the United States where, and having this you know, experience where, you know, we grew up watching movies of people in the United States and Mm -hmm. college in the United States and all that. I think, like, that was the main attractor for me at the time, you know, 17 years old, or, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess. Um, You know, I wanted to get to know a new place, move to a new country, like, study, you know. But, like, now looking back at it, I'm glad I did it for those reasons, for the opportunities, like, for all the doors that were opened to mm-hmm. me when I made that decision even though at the time I kind of didn't really see um the impact that, that it would have in my life but obviously my father saw it and my mm-hmm. father you know 
was always like cheering for me and propelling me to go forward and fighting for me and everything so he yeah. knew um but in my head i think at the time i was just kind of like yeah this is cool like i can <laughs> do different things i can learn i can meet people um you know learn new cultures and adapt and you know do all those things so i think it was a little bit of a little bit of everything like i said um i wouldn't say research was the number one thing but mm -hmm. i was very interested in being part of that because i thought it was like cool and um interesting and i wanted, yeah. i knew that like my friends in brazil who were in college who were in medical school like didn't have access to that yeah so that's that was something that i wanted to do for sure um and then like participate in clubs and things like that that like you said don't really exist as abundantly in in brazil yeah mm -hmm. uh yeah you you said you uh you started doing your research uh in your freshman year right Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was just gonna ask: Were you always interested in in how in the health area in the health field, or was that something that came up here in the U.S.? Yeah, so I can't. I don't know when I decided that I wanted to be in healthcare, mm -hmm. but I knew from very early on that I loved science. And my mom at the time was going to school to be a nurse tech, and I would go to school with her and learn because you know she had classes at night and i just had mm -hmm. to go with her sometimes um and i would like watch her classes and like be amazed about everything that she was learning about like how to take care of wounds and diseases That's and things cool. like that um when i was like very little like probably like 10 years old or something mm. yeah um and then you know when i started high school i was like oh i like science um and then my father would ask me you know thinking ahead like what would you like to do and I was always thought that medicine was the thing for me I I just always felt like an attraction to it and I thought that I could really enjoy it um and then during college well during high school I did a lot of volunteering at hospitals I did um I was like in the nursing floor like helping the nurses and everything um and then during college I did a lot of shadowing both in Brazil and in the United States and I was like yeah this is cool like this is what I want to do I want to go to medical school I want to be a doctor um so my my interest was always in, in science yeah okay. and I, yeah yeah so when I started my research I was just kind of looking for a project and I heard about the CRISPR-Cas9 and I was like and it was like a neurosurgery project um because we we're looking at ataxia which is like a condition that can affect your brain or that affects your brain um so I thought it was cool when it was like a interesting like neuroscience is an interesting area to me so that's why yeah i mean you mentioned about shadowing and i i just wanted to say that like that is a big thing that we do here and especially like for two main reasons i think like it helps you see like the life from a doctor's perspective see what like their day looks like and really see whether that's what you want for you like in the future right like I've shadowed like two different doctors here in the US um, from two different specialties and I really enjoyed it. And I mean, when I looked at it, I was like, well, yeah, that's definitely like what I want to do like in the future, you see. So I believe like a lot of people do shadowing just because they think, oh, that's important for application. I mean, of course, some college require that, but regarding shadowing, I think like there's more into that, you know, it's whether or not that's like the profession you want to to do in the future have like at least like see what your life would look like you know 
if you choose one of the specialties you shadow. So I think that's relevant. You've also shadowed recently, right, Lucas? Yeah, I did some uh, shadowing back in Brazil as well. And now I did some shadowing here in the States uh, with a uh, reconstructive plastic surgeon. It was very cool. And yeah, of course, um, it's like Joel said, it's very good to uh, learn from a doctor's perspective. And, you know, it's very cool to see the. I was amazed with the facilities as well because I shadowed um, this doctor in the USF uh, hospital. And um, I w I so the only shadow I did before that was in Brazil. So um, it was like the facility was totally different. Like the the uh, I don't know, just like the hospital was very very uh, equipped with like technologies that mm -hmm. I haven't seen before, and all the nurses, all the PAs, all the all the the professionals we were all so so qualified for this job i was amazed because in brazil it had like i've seen some some issues with like some professionals um i don't know they sometimes don't know what to do or they're lacking some uh, aspects but here it just it just seems to be like perfect you know yeah. but it's it's very it's very cool well i will say it's not perfect yeah definitely. yeah it is <laughs> It is, um, like you said, in Brazil, I think the biggest thing that we have is a lack of resources. Yeah, that and is very true. And even though we have great education down there and, you know, very competent professionals, yeah. it's, we just don't have the, the infrastructure, like you yes, said, and exactly. the money for it. And mm -hmm. I shadowed in Brazil as well, the amount of times that we didn't have in the hospital, they didn't have like clean gowns for the patients mm -hmm. or bed sheets, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. like the basic things. And then talk about medications and CT scans and MRIs. Like they just don't have, in a lot of places, mm -hmm. they don't have that. And talking about mostly like the public hospitals because the private hospitals yeah. in Brazil are very, very good. Very yeah, good. And true. even very similar quality to the hospitals here. Um, so yeah, and you, you touched on a, on a good point, João. Um, shadowing, you know, people want to just do it to check it off a checklist, but it's really about you discovering if that's the career for you because medicine is not just a job. You know, you spend yeah. a lot of your life in it. You spend a lot of your, like, young years working for it and really dedicating your whole self to it. Mm -hmm. and I think that's the only way for you to know if that's that's what you want. Um, and it's also a great experience. I think something that a lot of people don't realize is the value of networking in the United States. Oh, Everything true. is about networking because even during medical school, during residency, during fellowship, because you're going to get letters of recommendations, you're going to get interviews, you're going to have people recommending you, and if people can talk about you, you go farther mm -hmm. so um i think people undervalue that or like don't see that as something that is very important in the united states and when you're shadowing you are showing your work mm -hmm. and you are showing your interest to people to the doctors that will one day work with you that is true um and if they like you enough they write you a letter and and i think it's very important um you can also see what you like and what you don't like from early on and if you decide that Maybe medicine is not it for you and you want to become a nurse or you want to be a PA or you want to do whatever you want to do. You know, there's so many areas in medicine. It's not just yeah. being a physician. Um, there's physical therapy. I shadowed a chiropractor. I shadowed PAs. Um, and I try to explore because it's 
it's your life it's your career and i think yeah. it's important for you to do that mm-hmm. and also you work with those professionals later on um so i think no experience is wasted if you're just you know trying to further yourself and trying to explore areas yeah like i completely agree with what you said like i've heard a lot of people ask like oh what did I, what should i do to look good for medical school right and instead they should do like to actually like see if that's what they want, see what they enjoy the most. For example, shadowing you mentioned, but I think like that's for all the extracurricular. Like while you're doing like your clinical volunteering, you're going to the hospital, you talk to your patient, see if like that patient interaction is what you like, see whether or not you like more like, I don't know, like um, talking to adults, talking with children, because maybe that will like, help you decide whether you're going to go into pediatrics or not. I mean, that might be a little too early to decide, but it starts all, like, in college, you see. So I believe, like, oh, when people say, oh, João, you're doing clinical volunteering, how many hours do you want to do? I mean, like, I don't have, like, oh, when once I hit, like, 100 hours, I'm going to stop. No, like, I do it because, like, I enjoy doing it, you know? Like, I don't plan on, like, stopping what I do. My clinical volunteering, I plan on doing it until I graduate. Just like you said, your research... If you if you're just like checking the box, you would have done your research like you probably would have topped on your freshman year, right? And you did until you graduated because that's the thing you enjoy doing. So that is that is exactly it. Um, I think for you to be an impressive applicant, you need to show them that you pursue the things that you want to do, mm-hmm. whether that's medical or not. It could be sports. It could be music. It could be acting, you know. I okay I created a cat club when I was an undergrad I founded a cat club there were a lot of cats on campus um I'm a huge cat lover and I wanted to help the school control the cat population because they were just like reproducing like crazy mm-hmm. um and I wanted to also help the shelters in the area and like maybe hold like adoption events and like bring cats to campus so that you know students could have fun and that's one of the things that I spoke about the most during my interviews was my cat club it wasn't my you know clinical work that i did in fact i don't think i ever got asked about the clinical work because everyone does it because it's like a checkbox Mm -hmm. but if you do things you actually like and you actually enjoy you can show them that you go after the things that are important to you and and that's what matters at the end of the day you know for them to know that you like medicine obviously and for them to know that you're going to pursue the things that you're passionate about because that's what makes a good person yeah and that's what it's all about yeah i agree like for you to like create a cat club some people probably i don't know like even if they did that i wonder whether some people would like keep that out of the application see like oh that's not really important but like i believe that like that shows who you are you know even though to some people that might not like be as important it shows that like i don't know like you're passionate about like pets you're passionate about cats you like take care of like you don't like only care about people you care about like animals in general too as well it shows like who you are you know so i believe like your application you shouldn't try to be someone else like just try to be yourself do like the things you love if you have a hobby you have a sport you like not even like if you don't have a club like just like do the sports you like if you like going to the gym maybe like even like mention about that in the application as a hobby so just like like i I believe like medical schools want to see who you really are 
rather than like someone you're pretending to be just to get in, you know? Because sometimes, even if you put that on an application, I'm 100% sure that you're going to get to the interview, they're going to ask you, and you won't know what to say, you know? And that's when they're going to say, oh, like he did probably that just like to check off the box. You know, yeah. So. In fact, in fact, uh, when I ask other med students what is the biggest advice they would suggest to me, and uh, they they always like, oh, just be yourself, just do the things you love, and um, of course do the requirements for the med school, but just do the things we enjo you enjoy doing, and then talk about that in your applications and how that changes, how that makes you different from everyone else you know so that that's that i think it's very very cool because it's that's not it's not I only a grade you know it's not it doesn't show just oh we did 100 hours of volunteering check check that check that it's no you know we have like the that side that the med school also wants to see from you that like who you are yeah i think i i, I think i've chatted with, with both of you as like a mentor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that's what i that's what i tell my mentees you know do what you like and you're gonna see that you get so much out of it like like you're saying you get advocacy you get leadership you get um like all these things that if you're just trying to do shadowing because you have to it's it's just like you're not gonna have anything to talk about and also if you do the shadowing and you hate it then you know then <laughs> yeah. yeah that is true um but absolutely yeah i the think you i think one of you guys said you just have to to be you like be yeah. yourself mm -hmm. and you are a whole person and you have so much to you and you're so much more than grades yeah. and you're so much more than one experience um so really bringing in your passion i think you know i didn't have the best scores when i applied i really didn't and i applied as an international student and, you know, as international students, we can only apply to a very limited amount of schools mm -hmm. because a lot of them just don't accept international applications at all. Yeah. Um, and so you're already, you know, restricted in that. And then there's the MCAT, there's the GPA, there's all the activities. And I think that what really pushed me was my passion. And I was able to show that all the activities I did, I did because I enjoyed them and mm -hmm. I took something out of them. And those activities helped me grow. And I think... You know, if you can focus when you're preparing your application or interviewing and stuff, if you focus on your growth and how that added to you, I think that's what matters. Even if it is, like I said, going to the gym and like, this is my hobby. I work on my body. I work on my mind. I, you know, that's what keeps me sane. Like, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Like, not everyone can do that, yeah. even though it's something so mundane to you, you know, so. Especially absolutely. because it goes like also into like more than medicine, you know, like. You also like you're not a robot like you can't like just go to college and do like a hundred percent like oh i have to do that for medical school even if like that's what i like you know you also like just like you said if you go to the gym like that'll be like beneficial to you it's gonna like probably like help like your actual like your health you know so you also have to be healthy to like keep your grades up and like it's like there's more into it than just like medical school you know so I believe that's time, really important. Time management, you know, like all yeah. those things. <laughs> yes, for sure. And like you mentioned, um, you've been um, my mentor and Lucas' mentor. Um, and you said you're an international student. You talked about like the challenging. So could you like for the international students listening to us today, could you tell them a little bit more about um, 
the project F1 Doctors. I believe like that's something that we should mention a lot. Yeah, of course. So F1 Doctors is very near and dear to my heart. So when I applied to medical school, there were no resources out there. I was told by my advisors, choose a different career. You're not going to make it in the U.S. You can't get into medical school as an international student. I was straight up told that my freshman year, and it was devastating. I try to apply on my own my sophomore year to like those accelerated programs didn't get in was even more devastated um my junior year when i was applying to regular school you know the normal way to medical school the normal way i decided to hire someone to help me because you know i didn't know the system it's so different than in brazil my family doesn't know anything about it you know so I hired this company that is a pretty big company, and my advisor that was assigned to me told me he had never had an international student, and he didn't know what to do, so he reached out to the higher-ups in the company, and they also didn't know. They didn't know if people can apply as international students. They didn't know if people can get accepted, and this was a big company, like I said. Mm -hmm. um, he still helped me. We wrote a lot of essays. It worked out for me. Um, I learned a lot in that process. And then during my first year of medical school, I met um, one of my dear friends in one of the pre-med groups, the Dr. Gray's pre-med group. Um, Dr. Gray makes podcasts and he also does a lot of uh, mentorship, not mm -hmm. mentorship, well, mentorship and advising for pre-med students, but you know, regular pre-med students in the United States. Yeah. So in that group, I met um, Salvatore, who is a currently a medical student but at the time he was a pre-med applying and I helped him apply and then after we were able to get him into medical school we decided that we were going to create a group or something on Facebook for people to connect for international students to connect and we were searching and searching and we found F1 doctors they had just created F1 doctors within like a week or two um, and F1 doctors is a platform is a free platform of volunteer mentors who mentor who are in medical school mentoring other pre-meds um helping them get resources and hopefully you know get into a medical school um so then i reached out to them and i was like hey like i want to be part of this this is so exciting so i ended up joining them i think it was the second week and so did sal um, so we both joined the team and we started working with them and i have mentored personally like over 50 people i love wow talking to pre-med students i love you know i make friends out of you guys uh we have a we have a group of just brazilians uh, who are pre-meds mm -hmm. and i just have a lot of fun and now you know helping each one of you get into medical school giving you the resources giving you you know the ins and outs of everything it's it's super exciting to me getting to know new people and then seeing you guys succeed i think i've had about 15 pre-med students who got into medical school um, and I keep in touch with them. I see how they're doing. We help each other out because now, you know, this, these are relationships that we're going to continue to have when mm -hmm. we're professionals, For sure. when we're all physicians. And, um, it's just one of the like biggest things that I've done. And I just, I'm so proud of this, this group. So it's f1doctor.com is our website. And if you want mentorship, if you want to learn more, it's completely free. You go in, you sign up, you send a message directly to a mentor. Um, we have... I don't even know. I think we have over 130 mentors, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. um, from all over the world. So it's not just from Brazil. We have people from 
you know, any country, like you name it, we probably have someone from a lot of medical schools that accept international students, you know, all over the U.S. We have some residents, we have some attendings. We also have a few like dental uh, dental students and PA students, um, but the main focus is, you know, medical school and, yeah. and becoming a MD or DO. We have a lot of DO as well. Um, so yeah, just I know I just probably mumbled a lot and <laughs> said a lot of words, but it's a project that I, like I said, I think it's one of the best things that we we have done as international students is to create this community. Oh, for sure. For us Definitely. to support each other because there's nothing out there. You know, before F1 doctors, there was yeah literally zero things. Yeah, I mean, us. like yeah, I have to say that was amazing. I literally did basically the same thing you did. But instead of, like, connecting to and advising, like, I was looking up, like, online, oh, international students, like, mentors, because, like, when I found out, oh, there's, like, a limit on the on the medical schools, like, you can apply, just, like, only a certain medical schools accept international students. I was like, what? Like, who can help me with that? Like, my pre-med advisor here, like, at USF, he didn't know like the requirements for international students. So it's like, it's very, very difficult to like find the resources, like ask your questions. Like it's hard to find people who can actually answer your questions. So yeah, I went online, I went to F1 doctors and that's when I found you. And I was like, well, there's like, the good thing is because there's people from, like, as you said, like all over the, uh, the world. So they speak different languages as well. And like, I was like, well, let me reach out to her. She speaks Portuguese. It's even easier to, to talk to her, you know? So I, I went, talked to you, you helped me a lot. Then Lucas needed some help. And I was like, well, let me give him this piece of advice. So he also went online, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember Duan told me about F1 Docs. And he was like, oh, because I was completely lost. Uh, I was like a freshman. Uh, in the U.S., I I knew I I was leaning towards medicine, but I wasn't completely sure yet because the requirements are a lot different for international students, like you guys said, and it's very very challenging for us. But Juan told me about F1 Docs, and he was like, "Oh, there's Nicole. She's uh, she has been mentoring me for for uh, a little while, and she has helped me a lot uh, with the specific details uh, for international students, right?" And I was I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna check this out definitely. And <laughs> I went, I went on Google, typed F1 Docs. Uh, I looked for Nicole, and I remember I texted her, and she was like, oh yeah, we should we should talk. We should uh, definitely schedule a meeting to talk about the details and everything. And I was like, yeah, for sure, that would be so great. And I remember I was in the car with <laughs> Joao, and I was just talking to Nicole for like straight 40, 50 minutes, just talking about med school and. And everything, I was like, okay, that's that's great, but that's gonna be hard. But I love that, uh, I love Wait, that you helped. You guys were together. Yeah, yes. we were. <laughs> we, he he was in the car, <laughs> and I was in the passenger seat, and we were. I was talking to Nicole because Joan was uh, had talked to you beforehand. Yeah. So, um, but I was just asking about everything. Oh, what what should I do? Because I didn't know shadowing was a thing. I didn't know. Uh, volunteering was a thing i don't know do was a thing you know yeah. so it was i was like oh what is do and she's like oh do is, is the other uh it's so like it's md but a little bit different I was like what i've never heard of that <laughs> and that was very very cool because um like nicole said it's very different back in brazil 
and I'm very, very grateful for F1 Docs and Nicole for mentoring me a little bit. And yeah, that was great. And she added us in the in the group chat. And now we we know we know what we're doing. And I think yeah. we're headed to a <laughs> to a great to a great place. Yeah, I, guess. I, 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 I believe. So. Yeah, <laughs> I believe like the biggest thing about F1 Doctors is that like you actually get to talk to someone who's who have been through like everything that you're going through right now. You know. Yeah. So for example. Nicole, like she's been through like all her undergrad. She also she also got into medical school. So like, she's the one who can actually like talk t like tells tell us a little bit more about like what she did during undergrad, what worked for her, what didn't work, her like challenges, you know. And she's also like now she has also friends in medical school. So of course, like she knows like what they also did, what they didn't do, you know. So. I believe like it's always good to like learn from someone who actually went through like all that, you know, so that's really important. And as a mentor, it's I learn a lot from you guys, you guys' experiences, what works for you guys and like learning your backgrounds and talking to people like it's just so much fun. <laughs> so uh, I think it goes both ways, you know, and like I said, now I have we have a group i think it's about 22 people mm -hmm. brazilians is the brazilian gang in the united states <laughs> uh you know pursuing medicine and a good part of us i think like five or six are in medical school and we help each other out too like oh what resources did you use how's this going how's that going um i think it's also a way to like have a community and keep each other in check and help each other out um you know now we're doing podcasts and like sharing our experiences and yeah. reaching even, even more people and I think that's just amazing. Um, but yeah, I didn't know you guys were together in the car. <laughs> I was so tired. I was delirious. I remember you <laughs> I said... I probably just said a lot of like crazy things, but I am glad it was helpful. You <laughs> was, it was. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember you told Lucas that we were like really busy, but like you really wanted to help him that day. So you like took time to like call him and... He, he, he was really helpful because like was. afterwards like he was like man like <laughs> she answered like all my questions and she like told me even more than i wanted to know you yeah. know <laughs> yeah i was like I, I need to get my stuff together now i gotta <laughs> i gotta work hard because yeah because but uh, it was my freshman year so that yeah. was okay but I was, yeah i i think that day i had worked all day in the hospital and i was driving i think i was going from philly to connecticut because my oh, my yeah. mom lived in connecticut and i think i was going to go visit them so i had a four-hour car drive you know and I, all i was doing was like listening to music and singing and i was like <laughs> might as well talk to this kid for like a, an hour and a half yeah <laughs> just say everything i have to say and you just sat there and listened so yeah <laughs> yeah i remember we were in the car um so we were, we were going to target yeah and then joan just stopped the car for a little bit we talked and then we just i just went to target and I, and while joan was buying his, his stuff i didn't know was what he was buying but i was just talking to you on the phone and walking around target and then we we went back home and i was still on the phone but yeah that was that i had to learn a lot so that was yeah. that was very good thank you for that i appreciate it and yeah like for the international students who is listening to this like you guys should definitely check out F1 yeah, Doctors. Do it. Yeah, it's like a good resource, especially if you're an international student. I mean, even if you aren't international students, you can also reach out and see, like, because they're really helpful. Like, even though they're international students, they are still students who went through their undergrad and went to medical school, you know, so 
there's like yeah. a lot of mentors there that you can mm -hmm. the one thing i will say is um we we have an instagram i am the publicity director from fun doctors mm -hmm. so i do all the instagram stuff like all the online stuff that you see it's mostly me and kalina and like some of other team members um so if you go on our instagram we have a lot of resources on like both medical school and pre-med and those apply to everyone yeah. i mean the application is one i think you know there's a little bit of difference for us on the schools that we apply to and our approach to it but at the end of the day it's kind of all the same um, you know, same activities, same application, same everything. Yeah. Um, so that you can definitely check it out. The Instagram has a lot of resources. Our website has a lot of resources for international students looking at, you know, loans and schools and feedback and, and all that. There's a lot in that website. Um, and then there's a lot of mentors. Like, if you're interested in a particular school, if you're interested in something specific, or someone who went to your undergrad, maybe, like, you can probably find someone there. You know, yeah. there's there's lots of mentors. And if you don't like the way that someone, you know, does their mentorship, there's other people. Um, I tend to talk a lot and my calls are usually long, but I do give a lot of information of, you know, what I went through. Um, and I also do like mock interviews and if I have time, which now I don't really because of school, <laughs> but I help people like with their application, their writing and everything. So like you can definitely find mentors that will help you like at any point and mm -hmm. that will give you different things depending on, you know, what you need at that moment. Yeah. I mean, that's really helpful. We really appreciate that. I mean, you say you talk a lot, but like the more you talk, the more we learn. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. So I'd rather you like talk a lot than like. That way, like, we learn a lot, even more than, like, we we wanted to know, like, in the first place, you know. So we really yep. appreciate that. And, I mean, you talked about your interview. So, I mean, like, when I think about interview, like, I get, like, kind of, like, a little nervous about it. Like, what is the interview for medical school like? Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, you're interviewing me. <laughs> I mean, it's not like an interview. It's more like a chat here, you know, so. <laughs> that's that's what it is, you know, for all of my interviews. Obviously, I was nervous, but um, I took them as conversations because that's all that an interview is. And if your interviewer is good at interviewing, the interviewer will make it feel like a conversation. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, interviews serve as a way for them to get to know you. Mm -hmm. They have your application. They know who you are on paper. They want to see who you if you are that person. And that's why it's so important to be yourself. Yeah. Um, and how you talk, how you express yourself, how you explain your activities, you know. Um, and usually, for, mo for the most part, they will have read your application or at least your personal statement. And they can start asking questions from that and then, you know, move on depending on where you take the conversation um and i think part of being a good interviewee is like knowing how to move the conversation in the direction that you want so if you don't want to talk about something don't bring it up yeah if you want to talk about something bring it up you know <laughs> that type of stuff because you can really dig a hole for yourself if you start going the mm -hmm. you know direction that you don't want to go yeah um so when you guys are applying and when you guys are going through that definitely you know, practice a lot, practice with friends, practice with mentors. A lot of pre-med off offices, I guess, have, you know, they, they can do a mock interview with mm -hmm. you or they can actually do an interview for like a lot of recommendation or something and they can help you um, and give you a little bit of tips and tricks here and there. 
Um, you can listen to podcasts about interviews. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned Dr. Ray, uh, Gray, and he has podcasts, and I listen to his podcasts on interviews. And, um, you know, he has podcasts on personal statements and activities and shadowing and he has a lot of of great content Mm -hmm. so if you're looking for and this is for anyone not just international students um he has a lot of great content and he talks a lot about interviewing and how to answer certain questions like tell me about yourself why did you choose medicine tell me about a good thing that happened to you a bad thing that happened to you explain your research make sure that you know your research yeah um explain your clinical experience what did that mean to you um, and I had one interview that we honestly talked about traveling the whole time. That's all oh. we talked about. <laughs> wow. So, so it's really a conversation. And, like, obviously you're going to go to schools and you're going to get interviewed by people who are more serious and, like, you know, maybe just ask you about medical stuff or mm-hmm. not medical stuff, but, you know, your application and just keep it at that. But you're going to have other interviews that are more chill. Um, I had – at my school we do student interviews so it's a student interviewing you um and i did interview a few people as well Mm -hmm. um and that's fun and and you get to know the medical students and they get to know you and like they're just looking for friendly people that fit the school yeah Mm -hmm. um i had another interview (laughs) where i told my interviewer that he should start taking a because i play the soprano saxophone and he asked me about it and he said oh my gosh i wish i you know knew how to play the violin and i'm like then you go, you get out of here, and you go and roll yourself in a class and, like, <laughs> take the violin class and learn how to play because this is the only life you got. And he was, like, laughing, and then I ended up – I was accepted to that school, um, so I guess he liked me. <laughs> you know, so, like, just – of course you can't be too informal because they want you to be formal yeah. and everything, mm-hmm. but it's just a balance, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is a conversation like we're having here, just maybe a little bit more formal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, the thing I would say – it's like not to be nervous in the interview, right? Because a lot of people like get too stressed about it. But just like you said, it's more like a conversation, right? So, I mean, of course, it's going to be formal. Like you're um, excited and anxious because like that determines whether or not you might get into that school. But at the end of the day, it's more like a conversation. They want to know who you are. And as long as like, you tell who you are, you tell the truth, you're not lying, and you just, I don't know, like, say what they want to know, you might, you might be, be good, right, so, let's see. Yeah, one, one thing about lying is, if you do, on your application, make sure you remember it, and, you know, make sure that you can talk about it, stick to the lie. I've heard of, horror stories of people you know making things up or like just not making it up but like making it look better yeah and then when someone asks you about it you have to be able to talk about it yeah (laughs) you know um i'm not saying you know don't lie like just be yourself like we've been talking about just be yourself but you know but that goes with like even if you did one project like a research project you did it your freshman year make sure you know your project because if they ask you about it and you're like oh that was four years ago i don't remember like that doesn't look good yeah Mm -hmm. so make sure you know your application and you know yourself better than anyone else so like just going in being confident and being like you know i'm here because i deserve this and i'm gonna get it i think that's what you have to tell yourself Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people say like beforehand like prepare for your interview and some people don't know what that means but like i would say it's more like 
know your like what you put in your application right like know your stuff and know about the school you're applying to know like the school like that is interviewing you like how did you prepare for your interviews like did you pre like prepare a certain way for each, each interview yeah so like i said i had the uh, the advising services uh -huh. and they did have interviews included so i did one two th i think i did four mock interviews with them uh -huh. that didn't go that great oh. <laughs> uh, my first interview was at georgetown and i was very nervous because i felt like it was a like a big school and i was like oh my goodness i you know and also i felt like my english wasn't good enough for it you know there are a lot of insecurities around yeah. that and i i remember a couple of days before my interview i did a mock interview with one of the doctors in the portal and i was very nervous i couldn't even talk and this was like a mock interview and then she was like no let's do this again like let's meet the day before your interview or i think like two days before your interview and let's do it again and we did it again and i was a little more comfortable um so it's just practicing practice with yourself practice with your friends like i said have your friends just ask you hard questions yeah. and see how you answer them try not to say a lot of ums a lot of likes a lot of pauses which i do a lot and a lot of people <laughs> do a lot try to end your sentences i tend to end my sentences with and or um you know end your sentences yeah um there you go <laughs> <laughs> talking about um and then practice looking in the mirror a lot of interviews are online now i don't know for medical school what they're doing but for residency they're doing all the interviews online and just record yourself practice in the camera practice in the mirror and those are the things that you can do um when i was prepping i found a document with like a hundred questions or something and i filled them out but only with bullets because you don't want to memorize an answer you don't want it to sound like you're a robot mm, yeah so i had my bullets of the things that i wanted to talk about and i kept that with me don't ever open your notes and read off of your notes in an interview i have some i had someone do that when i was interviewing them don't do that yeah <laughs> okay but you can have your notes with you so you can look at them throughout the day mm -hmm. um but just do bullets like this is what i would talk about in this answer this is what i'll talk about in the other answer and there were 100 questions i probably only wrote like 30 of them because it was too much but that helped me at least like think through a few different answers and know what I would answer and the one thing that you should do and this is for your personal statement your activity section and your interview is to um, use examples of your life to answer the question not just answer the question gotcha. you know you should because that's how you show them who you are yeah. so for any of those things like your personal statement you should always be using personal uh, bits of, of things that happen to you because uh -huh. anyone can answer can write a personal statement or a question like I want to go to medical school because I love medicine I love science I want to help people I want to be there for people I want to counsel them I want to educate them this is what I love doing and this is what I've been doing like anyone could write that yeah. but if you're using your own experiences you don't have to say those words you know because I'm a leader because I like this. I like that. Um, if you're writing and showing a story where you were a leader, you don't have to say you're a leader. You're yeah. showing, and that adds so much more value to your interview answer 
to your activity, to your personal statement than just saying, I am hardworking. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like, tell them why. Yeah. <laughs> Show them you're, you came from a different country. You're here. You're fighting. You're getting good grades. You're pursuing activities that you never thought you would, you know. I think that's how you should approach those things. I know that was, again, a lot of information, but I um, hope that answered your question. No, yeah, but I really appreciate that because, like, that's one of the big things. I also listen a lot to Dr. Gray, and, like, he mentions that a lot. Like, that's the big thing. Sometimes you say, oh, like, I, I have to tell them that I'm a hardworking guy, I'm dedicated, I do, like, a lot of things. But rather than, like, just telling them, when you show your story, like, they can tell it from your story, you know? Like, like if you say, like, just like you said, like, you had, um, you create a club with cats. You never had to say, oh, like, I have a passion for animals. I care about individuals and um, things in general, like, animals as well. Like, show that you're a caring person. Show that, like, you're a dedicator. Show that you're a leader. You know, like, they can tell all of that just from you saying that you created a cat organization at... Um, on your undergrad, you know, so I mean that's and and that also show proofs that you're caring, you're all of that, you know. So it's a it's a way to say that you're those things and show that you're those things. So it's it's really good to like on your application to like show your story. And honestly, that's what you should do for any job, any mm. interview, like anything. You know, yeah. I think that's a good skill to have and a good way to approach those conversations. Because you, you show them, anyone can say that they are whatever they want to say, but you have to be able to show that you are those things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I have a question. So I've heard from a lot of mentors of mine uh, that, like uh, like like you said, uh, when you go to those interviews, you got to know your application. You got to know everything you want to talk about. So, like, um, what did you do uh, when you're, like, So let's say you did something in your freshman year, like a really cool experience that marked your whole college experience, you know. Did you write down how would you feel or like because I've heard a lot of people do after they finish the experience, they, they go to like Google Docs and they write down how they feel like right after the activity, right after the experience, you know, because you don't forget how you felt, what you did exactly during the experience. Or like so I've heard some people a record of audios or something and then they listen to it afterwards but did you do something like that at all so i did not i just kind of i had i had a folder where i kept a log of how many shadowing hours i did and things like that but i very rarely wrote anything down um And I would write, you know, I'd write shadowing, I'd write about um, what is called volunteer activities and mm -hmm. things like that. But I never wrote down a lot of thoughts about anything. And then when it came time for me to write, I just kind of had to remember everything and write. Mm -hmm. While in medical school, I'm applying to residency this year, actually in like a month and a half. And I wish I wrote down things because <laughs> now I'm having to, you know, remember things that happened and things that were important to me. And I did write down a little bit, but I wish I had like, for example, if I had a patient that had a certain condition and I felt connected to that patient, I would write it down, but I wouldn't write like specifics of it. So yeah. now like when I think about it, I can't fully remember what it was. Um, some of them I can, some of them I can't. So it would have been helpful to me. 
Um, and if you are a person that likes journaling and that like the type of stuff, I think why not? It's only mm. gonna help you. And then when you get to your application cycle, you have those things written out, and you can look at your experiences right there and decide which ones you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and now like I'm a, I'm preparing my application now, and I have to like remember things and think about them, and you know they come up sometimes and I'm like oh like I remember this thing that I did and that was great so like let me write it down now so I don't forget <laughs> later again you know yeah um so it's I think it just depends on your style and what you do and like if you didn't record mm-hmm. your stuff that's completely fine too and if you want to start recording them from now on that's fine too I would suggest you write down who you shadowed and when you shadowed because when you apply they're going to need the dates they're going to need the hours they're going to need the address the phone number of the person so i think keeping track of that is very important and that's something i did uh-huh. um but you know journaling about it it's it's really up to you yeah i've also heard like a lot of people like especially me like when i started shadowing i was like how do i prove shadowing like but there's no proof right you basically like put the the person who you shadow, like, their info, like, their contact information, and that's, like, if the medical school has to contact them, that's how they, they would prove your... Yeah, so for any activity you do, you're mm-hmm. going to have to put in the contact person, their phone number, or the, their email. I mm-hmm. think it, it might be end. I think it's or. Like, you put the address of, you know, the hospital or whatever, um, and then you put their email or phone number. Um, and then they can reach out if they want to. I think for the most part, they don't reach out. But that's another reason you shouldn't lie, because if they do reach out and, you know, you lied about something, they can find out, and then there goes your chance of, like, anything. But um, it it got tricky when I was the founder of the cat club, and Mm. the point person was me, and I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I guess I'm just gonna have to take my word for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I actually, I think I put my advisor down or something, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think Joan and I will have the same problem because yeah. we founded uh, an organization here at USF too. So <laughs> it's good to know that. Uh, I think that we're gonna put our advisor probably too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's a good point of contact, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just put um, each other down. <laughs> yeah yeah true <laughs> true, true, no, true and the funny thing was recently a member of us just graduated and then she asked us like oh who should i put down up on my application like as the point of contact and i was like well like i could put either me or lucas as since like we founded the organization but i don't know if they would like rely on another student you know so i told her to actually put the advisor because yeah usually you'd want to put the advisor because it's a faculty. We don't have any. We're not points of contact. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, even though like I can prove that she's been a member here, like I don't know if like the medical school would like to rely on another student to like prove that she's. But, been. but for the most part, they don't check. Yeah. You know, I think they check. I think they might check like randomly. They might call someone, uh-huh. and then they also might check if they find something suspicious. Like if you mm-hmm. say that you found a cure for pancreatic cancer in the lab like they might want to call your pi yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but otherwise i think they they don't really check yeah i mean but But, it's always um, yeah i think i'm gonna run into that issue when i put f1 doctors for my residency application because we're all students you know but we'll figure it out (laughs) yeah yeah and uh you mentioned um 
you're gonna apply to residency in a month right so how's that how's the application like is it similar to med school application at all oh boy um, <laughs> i've heard something was, about like matching right like yeah so i can give you a quick rundown yeah so it depends on which um what is it called which specialty you're applying to mm -hmm. i'm applying to obstetrics and gynecology okay um, OBGYN, that's what I'm applying into. So for us, and for the most part, is the same thing. So you apply in September, um, you need a personal statement. Yes, it's gonna follow you to the rest of your life. <laughs> um, <laughs> you need a new personal statement. Yeah. And then there's also like an activity set section, but it's a little bit different than medical school. You like, you put like bullets about what you did. It's not like a full description. Um, it, it varies. And then you have a hobby section where you can talk about hobbies. And that's something else. Like, definitely put hobbies in your application because, like I said, people ask me about playing the saxophone and everything. So, you know, write down there your bi bilingual, write down your hobbies and things like that. Um, but that's something also for residency is really important. Um, so they can know who you are because everyone's going to have good scores. Everyone's going to have volunteer activities. You know, everyone's going to have research. So they need to, like, have something on, like, who you are. Yeah. And then for OBGYN, uh, so you apply at the end of September, and then for OBGYN, you get all your interviews. I think it's like by the end of October that they have a date where the school send out all their interviews. Um, and then you interview from like November to January, February, it depends. And then you have match day in March. So how match day works in March you get all the schools that you interviewed at, you rank them from one to, let's say, 15. If you interviewed at 15 school, uh, I guess, programs, um, you rank from one to 15. And then the programs are going to rank their applicants from, I don't know, one to 100. Mm -hmm. And then there's a algorithm that matches people to the programs to like maximize the amount of people that get a match and oh, to wow. maximize the amount of programs that get the students that they want to get and then at the end of march you have your match day which you open an envelope and it tells you where you're going so it's different from medical school in the sense that you don't get a choice mm -hmm. you know like in medical school you can get two acceptances and pick for residency you match and that's it wow. so you, once you match you have to go there and you know it's it's a job so um, when you're interviewing, there's like lots of differences because you need to be looking at, you know, the perks of the programs and the things that they offer and the education that you're going to get at that program. Um, so it's a little bit different and <laughs> feels more real than, you know, not that applying to medical school is not real, but it's just like a, a little bit more pressure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. if, if that's even possible, because applying to medical school is a <laughs> lot of pressure. It is. I um, mean... But that's pretty much the rundown. Um so, yeah, I think the biggest difference is that you don't get to pick and there's a program that matches you to something. So you might get your number one pick, you might get your 15th pick, and you don't know until that day when you open the envelope and it says program X. And then you cry and scream and <laughs> hug your loved ones and then you're a doctor and it's great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that must be like a really good feeling. So yeah. must be scary, then, though. Yeah. If you don't match, there's a whole like there's a whole thing that you have to like it's called soap and then you have to like 
I guess, reapply to the spots that are left and, like, re-interview and then see if you can get one of those spots that are left. But, like, there's very few spots left. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, the alternative. Um, But you know if you don't match before everyone opens the envelope because that would be just even more cruel. Yeah. (laughs) To open an envelope and be like, sorry. I know. But... (laughs) But yeah, so it's a very emotional day and very happy, and I'm excited for it. But we'll see. <laughs> well, it's, good luck to you time. on that. Like, really hope like all goes well for you. So good luck on that. Yeah, I'm sure that you're gonna do great. Yeah. Thank you. Do you do you know what programs you want to go into already? Like, what schools? Um, I I'm not sure. Like, I don't have my list yet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just postpone that question maybe <laughs> later on um you know <laughs> yeah i mean you mentioned a, a little bit more uh, a little bit about dates could you like like tell us a little bit more how was like your timeline during like your undergrad more like oh when did you take the mcat when did you like decide to apply what year i know some students decide to take a gap year some students like take mcat yeah, early sure. So I think the one thing you have to keep in mind is that from the point you apply to the point you start medical school is a year. Mm-hmm. So you're applying in like whatever, June, and you start medical school the next June or July. Mm-hmm. So um, the way I did it, I, I didn't want to take a gap year. I wanted to go straight through. That was a decision I made. That was the decision that felt right for me, but some people decide to take one, two, three, four gap years, and that's completely fine, and that's really up to you. I decided that I wanted to go straight through. Um, I So I took my MCAT in March. The score comes back a few weeks later. I don't remember exactly you know, how long later, but yeah. and, and I know it changed with COVID and everything. But I took my MCAT in March, Knowing that, like, if I didn't get the score I wanted, I could still study for a month and, like, take my MCAT before the application was due and whatever. And then I worked on my application from March until, I think it's, like, I think it was the end of May. I I honestly don't remember the exact date, but I think it was, like, the end of May when the application opened. Um. The website for you to complete your application opens at the beginning of May. Usually, it, it might change by a few weeks, but it usually opens at the beginning of May, and you can input your application. And then it opens for submission at the end of May. It's like you have about a month. Yeah. Um, and then it's open for submission until like December, I think. But the one thing and the one advice I give everyone is like you want to apply as early as you possibly can. So I would say submit your application as soon as you can. Like. If it's on the day that it opens, great. Um, so that's what I did. I applied the day that it opened. It opened at, 10, at 8 a.m. I submitted my application at 10.08. <laughs> I was so upset that I was two hours late, but it worked <laughs> out. <laughs> um, and then you get you start getting secondary applications, which are the applications, the specific applications for each school. So the schools will send you questions that they want to know about you. Like, why do you want to study here? Tell me about this. Tell me about that. Um, so those come about two weeks after you submit your primary application, which is the one that I just talked about. And then you have to fill out those applications, the secondary applications, and send them out. I would also say do it as soon as possible. Yeah. Those are hard because there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of questions and a lot of essays. 
So if you have free time, you know, start writing them after you sub- submit your primary application just so you can, like, send them back to the schools as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. There's also a fee with all of this you have to pay. Um, and it's quite expensive, but you can apply for, like, um, not scholarships, but, like, you can, you can pl- apply for fee assistance. Gotcha. Um, and then they cut down the values quite a bit. Um, and then you send your secondary applications and you wait for the schools to decide if they want to interview you or not. If they want to interview you, they'll send you an interview invite and you can accept it or not. Uh-huh. Um, if you accept it, you interview. And then each school kind of changes a little bit about like how long they take to reply. Some schools um, will answer you within like three weeks. Others is nine weeks. I had a school that told me like 12 weeks and that was agonizing because <laughs> it was also my first interview. I, th- wow. I don't know if it was nine or 12 weeks, but I was waiting for so long. <laughs> um, and then th- there was another school that answered me within a week. So, you know, it really varies. Um, but the latest you can interview would be like April, I think would be like very late. Um, and then the cycle closes sometime in April. And then you start medical school in July or August. It depends on the school. So that's kind of what the timeline looks like. Um, but for each school is different and for each person is different. Mm-hmm. And as long as you have an interview, you have a chance. Like, I mean, if you do interview later, there's less spots available, but they do have spots for everyone who's interviewing. Or, you know, they're they not going to interview you if they're not even considering you. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things to keep in mind is if you're getting interviewed, you're supposed to be there. You're good enough. And you have a chance because I think a lot of us get in our heads like, oh, like this is a mistake. They don't really want to talk to me. But trust me, they have a lot of applicants. If you're there, they they like you. So I think that was like the rundown. But I could it's a it's a big process and we could talk for hours, as you guys know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's a big thing. Uh, when did you start volunteering shadowing? Did you start that like way early in your college or when did you start exactly? So for shadowing, I started, I, what I did was I focused my activities only in the summers because I knew that, you know, if I was studying a lot, I wouldn't have a lot of time to do other things. So I did shadowing like every summer and a lot of times I would go to Brazil. So I'll do shadowing in Brazil. I tried to do shadowing during like school time, my, I think sophomore year and it didn't work too well because it was just hard for me. Um, so I just focused on my summers for volunteer activities. I did a lot of volunteering in Brazil too, and I did them over the summer, but like every once in a while here and there, I would like volunteer at something, um, in my school, you know, and then for research, like I said, I started it at the end of my freshman year and then I continued it throughout cause I was following one of the PhD students and I was working her project. So I kind of just worked in her project the whole time with her. And then she graduated when I graduated, and we got to publish two papers, which was very exciting, too. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and then my actually my junior year, when I was applying to medical school, I actually did more stuff, um, you know, alongside school because I felt more comfortable. So I was shadowing while in school, and then I was also, you know, created the cat club during that year, too, and, like, I was doing a lot more. But because I was already like more comfortable with 
the materials from school and how much I had to study. And I was also taking easier classes because I had taken the bulk of like the science classes early on. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I did regarding those activities. I tried to space them out in a way that I felt comfortable and that I felt like wasn't affecting my studies because at the end of the day, those kind of matter more than your grades. But if you don't have good enough grades for the schools to look at you, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because they're not going to get to your application if your grades are not, you know, good enough for them to look at the application. So it's kind of like you have to balance, balance them out. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's very, very good advice because I'm just like you. Like I, I can't focus like if I'm if I'm like during the fall, if I have to study and get like a 4.0, which is very, very difficult for me. Uh, I really have to focus on that. I can't, I cannot do like multiple things at the same time. Uh, it's a challenge for me to like volunteering, volunteer and get like a 4.0 and shadow and do research and do all that at the same time. So like I, I'm, I also try to do, to balance my stuff and do like a lot during the summer. So that's very good. But John is the opposite. Like he does everything at once and I don't know how he handles it, but he does. And it's crazy, but I cannot. <laughs> I mean, like, the way I started doing it was, like, okay, I was, like, well, let me first start, like, start with school, right? So, I started doing, like, school, I was, like, let me focus, let's see, like, how I handle classes and stuff. And I saw that, like, doing, like, just classes, just studying, like, not doing, like, any extracurricular, I could, like, handle it pretty well. So, that's when I started, like, adding other stuff. So, that's when I started, like, clinical volunteering and then eventually, like, um, doing other stuff as well, so... I mean, I told the same advice to Lucas, so now he's been doing, like, a lot, too, recently. He, like, he did research, he did, um, he's doing, like, shadowing, um, I mean, clinical volunteering now, he's doing other stuff, so, uh, even, even, like, our, our organization here, like. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I try to, to focus on my classes <laughs> a lot, because, um, it's, it's very hard to get, and I'm doing, I'm gonna do Orgo next semester, so I, I'm gonna focus on that, because I'm very scared. <laughs> yeah, and I think. You know, when you're applying to medical school, a big thing that they want to know is if you know yourself and if you know yeah. your boundaries. And I think, you know, João doing all this, those things plus school and doing well in school, like, that's great for him. But Luca's like, taking your time and making sure that you're doing one thing at a time and not overwhelming yourself. That's amazing. That shows that you know yourself and you know how you work. And mm-hmm. in medical school, like... You, you need that you need to know your limits and you need to know time management and i think that like both scenarios are valid and mm-hmm. again like be yourself don't try to like follow someone don't try to do something that's yeah. not you like do you and that's how you're gonna show off and like be your best self and you're gonna be like yeah i did all these things i might have done them over the summers but my summers were very busy and i got a lot out of it mm-hmm. yeah like and then i added things as they came and like that's perfectly fine, you know? Yeah. I mean, I told Lucas that too. Like, I was like, I mean, if you don't feel like you're doing it, like, if you don't feel, like, if you don't feel confident enough to do something, then, like, trust yourself, not do. But don't also, don't, like, try to not do something just because someone thought that thing was hard to do and you're scared to do because, oh, someone else can't do it. I won't do it either. Like, everyone is different. Everyone, like, do, like, their thing on like a different pace so just because i can't do something that doesn't mean like lucas can do both you know and well or if i can do something doesn't mean like lucas can also do it so like everyone is different just like you said 
And I mean, like that's that's something that happened to me. Like a lot of people like said, oh, don't like do like 10,000 things at one time. Don't do like, I don't know, don't do like clinical volunteering while you're like you're at school because like that's very difficult. And like, I was like, well, let me see if I can actually do it. So I started first with just school. Then I started like volunteering like one hour a week, seeing like if I, I was able to handle it. And I thought it was. So like, I just kept to it. But if I didn't think like I would be able to handle it, then I would just like go back and like just skip school, you know? Like you have to know yourself, just like you mentioned. Yeah. So it's it's, yeah. it's important to like know yourself that especially and, like... And the other thing is you also don't know what that person's going through. You yeah. know, like some people have families, some people have kids, That's some people true. have to take care of their mom of their grandmas of whoever some people have pets and they have to walk their dogs five times a day some people go to the gym all the time like people do different things and, yeah and people's lives are very different some people have to commute to school some people have to work on top of going to school so i think it's like unrealistic to hope that everyone is to want everyone to do everything all the time because yeah. that's just not you know not gonna happen and the medical schools know it and they're they don't care as much about the amount of the things that you do, but the qual the quality of the things that you do, yeah, and what you took away from them, because volunteering at ten different places for five hours each, or volunteering at one place for like a hundred hours, is like arguably better because yeah, you know your role and you've learned and you like it and you mm -hmm. can talk about it in a passionate way, you know. That is very important too. Yeah, it's um one thing I like about the this pre-med journey so far I, we know it's very challenging <laughs> but one thing i liked was just like what nicole nicole uh said is that we learn a lot about ourselves and i think that's very good like in this two years of college so far i think i've learned about myself a lot i've i've learned about my limits about my boundaries about everything you know i know like oh i can go i can push myself to do that but I know, no, I'm, if I do this, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna get good grades if I do this. So, so it's very good uh, to know yourself, and I think that's very important for uh, med school application as well because they want to know if you know yourself when you apply. You know, because if you don't even know yourself, you know, you know that's it must be hard to pursue a stressful career like medicine. You know, so that's that's I, I think that's a very very beautiful thing. I took from this journey so far. <laughs> what did you say is like the biggest thing you took from your journey, Nicole? Like while as like in undergrad, while as a, a pre-med, like the biggest piece of advice you can get or maybe like the biggest thing you learned during your journey. I think this is going to sound like very cliche, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the biggest thing I've learned, you know, about myself. Yeah. Um, Cause I've learned a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the biggest thing I've learned is how strong I am. Mm -hmm. It's it's not easy to, to go to medical school, no. period. Yeah. It's not easy to go to medical school in a different country, to be by yourself, to learn. You know, I came uh, when I was in college, I was like pretty much alone i mean my parents visited and i mean i would go back home and stuff but like i was learning it all by myself living yeah. by myself for the first time in a different country meeting new people you know doing new things and like learning very hard concepts and participating in research and 
missing my family like crazy, missing my friends. You know, it, it was hard. Yeah, I bet. It's hard still. It is. You know, I'd like to say it gets easier, but it it doesn't, it doesn't, you know. And the amount of strength and the amount of, like, adaptability that I've, I guess, discovered within myself <laughs> is crazy. And I do have a support system here, um, but I'm still away from my family. Uh, you know, everyone's in Brazil, and I see them, try to see them. Um, and then going through a pandemic, not being able to visit my family, not knowing when I'd see my family again. You know, I went from going to Brazil like about four times a year to, I think in the last three years I went twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a lot of hard work, lots of tears, but lots mm-hmm. of smiles too. Um, and just. I think, like, reflecting on who I was when I was 17 or 18 and starting college and who I am now and seeing the amount of growth that I did, mostly by myself, <laughs> it's kind of wild. Yes. Um, and you guys will see this, and you probably already do, but, you know, in a couple of years, going through applications, having to reflect on yourself, reflect on your story, learn about who you are, and take out loans have your own house, take care of your bills. Like it's all, it it takes a lot and it takes a lot for anyone. Yeah. But for us, like I said, like it's a new culture, it's a new country, it's a new language. You don't know how to express yourself. You don't understand the jokes. I know. You don't get, (laughs) you don't get the cultural references. It's, it's hard, man. (laughs) I know. Yes, for sure. So, yeah, um, and I've been reflecting on stuff a lot too now, you know, applying again and the amount of growth I've done. Yeah, I know. And I guess my one advice for people would be to just be true to yourself and know your limits and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's you true. know, if you don't know yourself, if you don't trust yourself, if you don't take care of your mind and your body, it's it's all kind of useless you know that is um, true. and that's what i'm also working on you know it's a, <laughs> it's a growth process and um it's a very challenging one yeah i mean like the good thing is that you also like that is very important too you also know what you have to work on you know like you you start to understand yourself you know what you do well what you don't and you know like what you have to get better at you know so I mean that that's very important, especially to to someone to know like their body, to know like themselves. It's it's completely important, and I really appreciate you sharing like your story. Just like you said, it's very difficult for us. I mean, like international students. I mean, I'll, first of all, I w- I want to say like pre med in general stuff. It's stressful. It's hard for anyone, whether you're from another country, whether you're from. Um, the United States for anyone is stressful, it's challenging. You take a lot of classes, you take a lot of time uh, that you some people like want to hang out, you can't because you're studying, you have to do well on your GPA, you have to like do community service, you have you like volunteering, you do your volunteering, you know, so it's stressful. It's the, it takes a lot from you. So you have to just like you said, know yourself, know your understand like what your body can handle and do it but for us yeah it's really tough i mean being here in another country 
um, by yourself, doing all by yourself. I remember, I mean, I came here to the U.S. when I was 14 by myself. Like, my family stayed in Brazil. I went to a boarding school. But I think, like, one of the toughest times was, like, applying to college. All my friends, like, all my, like, American friends, like, their parents would, like, be so excited to help them, like, write, writing their, like, personal statements, helping them through their application. And there was me, like, by myself, like, doing my own thing, looking up, like, oh, like, how do I get, like, scholarships in college? Like, what colleges can I apply to? Like, all that stuff. Like, you know, it's difficult, like, not to have anyone around. So, yeah, it's definitely, like, challenging. But I believe, like, I grew a lot with that. Like, I got way more mature. I learned a lot. And, uh, like, I'll take that with me for the rest of my life, you know. Like, it made, it made me stronger, just like you said. And I believe, like, it helped me a lot during college. It helped me to, like, shape, like, the person I am today. And that's important. It's a very lonely and isolating process. <laughs> But that's why F1 Doctors is here <laughs> for all of you all. Yes. Um, and I know, like, I've been talking, obviously, about international students, but there's also um, Prescribe It Forward, which is a similar program for anyone applying to medical school, not just international students, and they're great. They do mock interviews and everything. Um, but that's why you have to seek out those things. You have to seek out groups in your college, in your university, that you can meet people and have a support system because it's so hard. It's mm -hmm. hard as it is, and it's even harder for some people. So we're here for you, and there's someone out there who's also there for you. There's a group that you can figure out, that you can find and, like, find friends and find support and find a community that can, like, help you get through whatever you're going through. Yeah. I think that's, like, the important thing. Yeah. Yeah, like you guys said, it's a very stressful uh, process uh, to go into medicine. I, I know we all gotta love what we do to go through all that because it's very challenging, it's very stressful, and can be lonely, too. Um, so just one thing I want to... Uh, um, I'm curious that you said you, sh you shadowed uh, PAs, chiropractors, right, uh, in, the, in your college. So when do you think it clicked, like, oh, I want to be a physician? That's, that's what I want to do. Oh, I knew it. I <laughs> <laughs> you knew it? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew I wanted to be a doctor, but I was just kind of like, I had those opportunities. And at the time, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to shadow a doctor in the U.S., mm -hmm. like an MD in the U.S. Yeah. So because I had shadowed MDs in Brazil, um, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get an MD in the U.S. So I was like, you know, let me shadow some PAs, let me shadow some other like health professionals and Uh, worst comes to worst, I can use those experiences as well. Um, but I learned a lot. Like, like I said, like all those professionals are very, you know, well trained, and they have a huge role in patient care. And in practice, it, there's honestly not a huge difference between like a physician and like a PA or an MA or something. Like they have similar knowledge and they do similar things mm -hmm. and. It was also, I learned a lot about medical care and about, you know, it was like an office. So I learned a lot about how the office worked and how to like talk to patients, how to treat patients and all that through those experiences. So like I said, like if you're doing things because you want to and because you like them, you take things from them and you, you learn from them and you grow from them. Yeah, that that's... 
that's really the thing. Like, I believe, and I mean, just like you said, you were also open to other things, you know, like in the beginning, even though like, okay, I want to be a physician. You weren't like, okay, I'm just shadowing doctors. You're like open to other stuff. Maybe if you enjoyed something else more, you could have maybe, oh, I might be like considering that as well, you know, so. It's always important to be, like, open-minded. Yeah. A lot of people start as a pre-med. They might go to PA. They might go to um, nursing. They might choose another specialty, you know. Like, they, I don't know, like, seeing that, doing shadowing and seeing, oh, maybe that's not what I want, you know. Like, I believe, like, the thing is, don't be scared to change. Yeah. Just because you started with something in your mind first, don't be scared to change. Like, that is not, like a sign of weakness it's like a sign that like you understand who you are and no one's gonna judge you for that like of just course. do what you like at the end of the day in the future oh like if i choose that i might make more money like i believe like i don't know if i saw that somewhere but i saw that like the best job for you is the one that like you don't feel like you're doing a job is the one like you enjoy doing it, you know, like just going to a place that like you enjoy being there, you enjoy doing what you're doing. It doesn't feel like a burden, you know, so it's it's important to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, too, is like I, I said, like now I work on a daily basis mm -hmm. with physical therapists, nurses, um, PAs, MAs and a bunch of other, you know, specialties within the medical field. And the experiences I've had, like, working with PAs before, and, like, I know what their job is, and I know uh, what they can offer me, and I know how they can help me. Um, obviously, I'm still learning, but I think you're part of a team. It's a multi multidisciplinary team that takes care of a patient. It's not just you as the doctor. Like you would go, you wouldn't go anywhere as a doctor if you didn't have the entire team backing you up and helping you out. So you're not, you know, the top. Like you're all working together. That is very and true. And I think doing work that's outside of medicine, outside of like whatever, like shadowing a physician or something, shadowing other people, getting to know other people, talking to other people in different careers. First of all, you're gonna learn a lot. Second of all, you could like that better, like you said. Yeah. And just finding what's right for you. Um, and there's so many fields, like social workers, like there's, there's just so many fields that are all wonderful. And like, you, you just won't learn about them if you're just focused in one thing. That is and that's true. a shame because yeah. there's just a lot out there. Yeah, I would say the biggest advice for anyone like listening to this is to be open-minded. Like, that won't hurt you. It's actually better for you. And at the end of the day, if, like, medicine, if, like, being a physician is what you like the most, then stick to it. If not, don't be scared to, like, change because change sometimes is it's important for you, you know? It's, it's the best. So just, like, one last question just to close up here with you. Like, you said you're applying to residency soon, but... Where do you see yourself in the future, like as a physician? I'd say, I mean, you came from Brazil. Do you plan on never going back? Do you plan on staying here? Do you plan on maybe doing like a fellowship? Like, 
what what do you, what is your plans for the future I, i don't know like if you ever thought about it but like if you could share a little bit with us boy you're really trying me for the <laughs> interviews here <laughs> i mean it's, it's a good practice you know <laughs> yeah honestly i don't know but i am not scared of moving yeah i am not scared of trying new things mm-hmm. um and i do definitely want to be trained in the u.s and like you know do my residency here and everything but i'm not opposed to moving a fun fact about me is that i am like in the process of getting um a citizenship from like an european country wow cool. from like family history like you know my family um is all getting the citizenship and who knows maybe one day i'll end up there um maybe i won't maybe i'll stick with the us maybe i'll go back to brazil i really don't know but i like having those opportunities just like i took the opportunity to be here yeah who knows i might take the opportunity and move to a different state like i did for medical school mm-hmm. um i'm just really not trying to limit myself i'm trying to just keep an open mind and trying to i don't know do it as it comes you know like <laughs> yeah. just taking things and and changing as i have to um obviously you know checking with my family and everything and making sure that it's good with everyone but um i do i think i mean as of right now it's really hard to say but i i want to do my residency in OBGYN and then i'll possibly do a fellowship um but i'm not sure just yet there's yeah. a lot that i have to learn and a lot that i have to still reflect on mm-hmm. to be able to make that decision um but who knows i might end up as a generalist i might end up doing something uh, like maternal fetal medicine or gynecology oncology or something like that we'll see that's for the <laughs> yeah. next chapter and who knows maybe in the future you guys are going to be doctors and i'm going to be a doctor and we're all going to be <laughs> interviewing each other and seeing where we end up and remembering that day that i spoke to you guys for an hour on the car <laughs> held you hostage for a long time <laughs> that's very true i mean it's been fun and I guess we'll have this recorded for you to check and see like if we're right, right? Let's say five years yeah. from now, you check back and see if <laughs> like your predictions were right, you know? <laughs> Hope yeah, so. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, it's really, it's really like important that like what you said, like you're open-minded, you know, mm-hmm. you're not scared to move. You're not scared of the change. Yeah. I mean, change is difficult, but I don't think like, anyone should ever be like scared of changing sometimes it's good to get out of your like comfort zone because that's when you learn that's when you improve the most yeah so it's it's good to hear that you're not like scared of changing you're not scared of what the destiny has for you you know so <laughs> yeah i mean you moved I... all the way from brazil and you got into med school in the u.s so like <laughs> you, you, sh- you don't have to be scared of anything you know yeah. you got into I... medicine in the u.s so like what <laughs> i like I feel like I like change, you know, yeah, yeah. like I'm in Philly right now. I would love to stay in Philly, but also if I have to move for residency, I am not scared. I'm not afraid. I'll mm-hmm. go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I like going to new places, getting to know new people. Like I said, like F1 doctor is one of the biggest things. I mean, outside from obviously helping people is meeting people. Yeah. I have so much fun with, with you guys and everyone else that I've met. I've met people from countries that, I never thought I would like meet anyone and like mm-hmm. learn things about their past and their story that shows me so much about 
where they're from mm-hmm. than like I could read on a magazine. You know, like not that I read magazines. <laughs> Why did I say that? But, like, you know, <laughs> that I could, like, I don't know, read on Facebook or whatever. Um, <laughs> read on my newspaper. <laughs> but you know, so I'm I'm just like I like change. I think it's mm-hmm. fun, but I I don't mind staying. I don't mind going. We'll see. We'll yeah, see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. It's it's important for us to to learn that and for everyone to like also be aware of that, you know, yeah. like it's important to change sometimes and it's I like personally that's when I like with change that's when I when I learn the most. I believe yeah. like Lucas too, right? Yeah, I when we grow the change, most, I think. Change and being like being uncomfortable um with change is completely okay and yeah. it forces you to grow. And I do think it's important for people to change and be, you know, deal with hard situations. But also, like, you don't, you don't really have to. I mean, if you're comfortable where you are, you could potentially just stay there and continue to be comfortable. But you can also stick Push your toes yourself. out and, like, try mm-hmm. something new. And if you regret it, you can always go back. I, that's how I think of things. You yeah. know, if, if it doesn't work out, we'll figure something out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but people have different levels of comfort with that and that's also okay um you know like some people like are from florida spend their whole lives in florida and then that's all they know or from brazil (laughs) (laughs) or from wherever i just said florida because i'm from there or like i lived there for for a while but you know like i think you grow so much from like forcing yourself out of your comfort zone yeah for sure yeah, I think, like, uh, and you learn how to adapt to new places, you know. And I think we, we all know this here because we moved from Brazil, which is totally different. And now we adapted to the culture here and everything. So I feel like I've grown a lot since I've moved from Brazil, you know. Being by myself, being in a different country, learning from other people's experience, you know. So that's that's very cool. And networking as well, as you said, is very important, too. So, yeah. I think I think that's the there those are the two biggest biggest things for me just networking and learning from other people's experiences are very very important. I really like those ideas and I really stick to that. Yeah. Those those are definitely like big things. But Nicole, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate your time for being here with us for answering our questions. I know it seemed like you're um <laughs> residency interview prep you know like your mock interview for residency but (laughs) i really appreciate you answering all our questions i mean they were a lot and (laughs) (laughs) even though you've been my mentor lucas mentor for a while i believe like i had some questions here that i hadn't asked you before and i ended up asking you today and i learned a lot and i believe like anyone listening to this will also like learn a lot from you if you guys want to ever talk to her, I mean, I know, like, she's a little busy right now with, like, all that's yeah. going on. But <laughs> I don't know, like, if you guys go on F1 Doctors, you guys can also check her, check out her mentors there. I mean, feel free to check anyone there. It's a good it's a good uh, um, resource, a good place to go if you need help, especially, like, doing your pre-med journey. So, yeah, like, I really appreciate you taking your time talking to me, to Lucas, and being here with everyone. Like, I, I thank you. Thank you. It's It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I feel like we all have a lot to learn from each other. Like I said, from each other's experiences. And 
thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. I think it, people are going to learn from from what you've done. And um, I think we are all headed to a great place, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much for hosting this and um, for inviting me to be here. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be here, like I said. And, you know, I don't want to volunteer myself to mentor all of the internet but definitely check out the <laughs> website there's like plenty of people who are great yeah uh, i know a lot of them myself and i can attest to them all being amazing mentors <laughs> um and the one thing i'll say is just be yourself try new things just do what you love and you're gonna go far regardless if you go into medicine or diving or <laughs> i don't know being a pilot like yeah just 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 stick to who you are yes that is that thank is thank you again <laughs> of course that's very important but thank you i really appreciate and for everyone listening check out our future episodes this episode was excellent with nicole here she answered all our questions so just keep an eye for the upcoming episodes and thank you for everyone yeah thank you thank you for listening